Hey, love bugs. Did you know that I offer free coaching every Monday on the Match Mary Mate Clubhouse stage? Have a topic you want to discuss or a question you want to ask me? Meet me on the stage and we will unpack it together. I'm there every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Hope to hear from you soon. Greetings. You're listening to the Match Mary Mate Show, where Black women learn how to get their love lives together. Here I guide you on your dating and relationship journey, empower you with feminine presence, power, and charm, teach you how to navigate and negotiate your needs and desires with men. I'm your host, your girl, Joyce Robinson Myers, and welcome to another episode, Lovebucks. We are continuing our Know Thyself series with an emphasis on our sacral root and our I Feel affirmations. Today's show is titled, Your No, Declining Exclusivity. This show speaks to the decision-making process that comes up when a man asks you for something, anything really, but this episode focuses on a relationship. There are so many moving parts in today's conversation that I'm not sure we will catch it all, but if nothing else, I want you to understand the decision-making process that's worth undergoing to make sure you're making good exchanges with men. So I asked my client, Alexandra, if she'd be willing to share the second half of her story as a follow-up from her Fun Girl Summer client story episode. So she's going to bless us with her sacrifice today because she does not have to be sharing this with us. And it is usually something I would pass on in a public space. But there are things in this episode that women, black women namely, need to hear. Maybe her story can inspire you to know thyself more with the power of your no. But first, let's begin with the power of affirmation. We start every episode with an affirmation as a way to center self, listen to the body, and honor our spirit. Ask yourself, how are you today? What moods, feelings, or emotions come up? Use that energy to speak life, wholeness, and healing over yourself using the power of your own voice. Speak it into existence with an I or I feel. I feel the power of my no. I feel my feelings, but avoid making decisions in them. I feel safe and covered. Today we have the final interview of the season and we're leaning into dating decisions, especially at the point of the relationship progressing and possibly entering into exclusivity. Alexandra and I have a unique type of connection and I don't even think that it's because we are alike in background or even in personality. Because outside of being black American women and the only girl born into the nuclear family, there's not a lot of commonplace. But this woman feels and senses deep in her spirit, just as much as I do. And sometimes I wonder if I found my spiritual soulmate in her, just from the sheer depth and breadth any conversation can take. More than that, she understands the true meaning of sacrifice especially spiritual sacrifice. And in most cases, then not, she's willing to lay down something on her end for other women to glean and heal. 
This conversation did not go in the direction that I thought it would or had even hoped. But as you'll hear, I was heavily following spirit on this one and chose to just let it be and not interfere this talk with my own intentions. I could actually hear my mother-in-love's voice play back in my mind. She always says to me, just let the most high flow and be careful not to lean on your own understanding. So I resisted the urge to turn this show into what I thought it should be and just let it be as it was when Alexandra and I had our chat. To quote my husband, it be what it be. I imagined a strategy session where you'd hear decision-making details and how to assess the measure of a man and some play-by-play, not all, but some play-by-play on Alexandra's conversation with her guy and even some of the questions we composed as a prep for their check-ins and their subsequent conversations. That is not what happened. In fact, our conversation started with Alexandra blessing me in ways I wasn't even prepared for I originally took the posture of an interviewer and quickly realized that this was supposed to be an easy and simple sister talk among two black women that gives what other black women listening to it, what they can glean from it on their own. My humanly mind thought strategy. And the most I said, I see your little strategy and raise you spirituality and sisterliness. So for this episode, I encourage you to take notes on whatever comes to you as you listen. Allow spirit to flow. And if you are the spiritual type, be served. For my service in this conversation, the most high helped me to develop my research inquiries and questions more in talking with Alexandra than in times before. And Alexandra gained a spiritual revelation that has the power to forever change her life. In segment one, Alexandra and I share the background you need to know. In segment two, we get into the heart of the matter as she shares her spiritual epiphany and the power of her no and use them both to choose herself, but also communicate safely and effectively with the man who had been holding it down for the past 10 months. I usually tell you what to listen out for in my shows, but today shall be different. You're going to have to just listen and absorb what resonates with you. As you know, I want to aid in the healing of gender relations between black women and black men because I'm learning through my coaching practice, and definitely in this conversation, that when we have the proper relationship education, including instruction, application, and community support, it produces safer, happier, smarter, and more stable dating decisions that improves the quality of our relationships as we enter the dating market to match, marry, and mate. It is my hope that today's conversation teaches you the power of a woman and the power in your no. I think you may even walk away with some cultural pride because why y'all? Black love matters and we're in much need of the black family power restoration. Welcome Alexandra. Hey, Coach, Coach Joyce. Hey, community. Hey, boo. Um, I really want to thank you for sharing your story over the summer. It resonated with 
so many women. I did my best to screenshot all of the comments that was coming in and share them with you. Thank you. I really appreciated that. And just thank you to all the ladies who listened. And I, I hope it was helpful. It was so helpful, which brings me to the praise that I have about you today. And a community works. Yes, when there are, you know, leaders and kind of esteemed people, for sure. But the community works because of the people, right? Not necessarily because of the leaders. Leaders just do a really good job gathering us up. But it flows, it serves, it is a place of healing and support and all that it needs to be because of the people. And I never want to lose wind of that, but I'm a married lady. I, I can speak about dating. I can speak about how to navigate and negotiate with men um, at the single stage because I have the lived experience, right? But my mm -hmm. clients have the real time lived experience as the dater, as the person in the exclusive relationship, as the person having certain conversations. So it matters and it's valuable that community members like you, clients of mine, are giving back to the community in that way, with your stories and with your gifts or whatever tips you have about how you are navigating and what your own experience is like, because it boosts our morale, it edifies the group, it enlightens us as women, and you have a special way of being able to do that that I can't, because being a leader, so to speak, and being a community member is just two different things. And you do a really good job taking your stories, taking your gifts, taking the lessons that you've learned and having a heart and a posture for giving back into our community. And I just wanted to praise you and say thank you for that because the amount of women, and I didn't send them all to you because I didn't wanna overwhelm you, but the amount of women who messaged me to say that story stuck. It slapped. I really love when Alex said this. I mean, some sent me whole quotes like this line right here. She's so authentic, so honest, so raw, especially the line where you said, girl, I didn't even know how to talk to men. So many women resonated with the fact that you were just willing to say that out loud. So thank you. Wow. Um, I'm not quite sure what to say. I mean, first, I want to say thank you for the space to even provide the opportunity to share and give back to the community that's given so much to me. Um, that previous episode is an example of what comes out of working with you and having a strong and safe community of women to interact with. If I did not feel comfortable and safe, then there's no way that I could open up. So sure. really thank you to you and thank you to the other, other women. This conversation in particular for the audience, I specifically asked Alexandra would she be willing to do this. In most cases, my clients are joining me in the studio because they want to. They ask me or we're in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of a coaching session and something comes up and they're like, oh, that'll be good. That'll be good for ladies to know. Let's do that. But this conversation, I, I'm going to leave with some vulnerability. I specifically asked if you would be comfortable sharing this because your story 
has so much nuance that is difficult to speak about in a general way. So these are things which you're going to share with us today. These are things that women just wouldn't necessarily hear catching me on IG live or catching me in clubhouse or sometimes even in a coaching session depends, you know, on the issue. When you started with me, your posture was I'm gonna let everything that I think I know about dating men in relationships, I'm gonna let it go. And I just want to be kind of made new again with the right information and I found my person, you know, me to do that and I'm going to sit at her feet and just be made new with this experience. And that is valuable because so many people are coming with their isms and schisms and their stories. Mm -hmm. And of course you did, but you just put yourself emotionally and spiritually in a place. I'm gonna let those things sit in the margin I shouldn't say let it go because you didn't abandon yourself, but I'm going to push that to the margin so that I'm not having any of that in my world's view. And you've done that in the past year and it speaks to nuances and granular items that happen in relationships that are difficult to just, you know, so we're going to talk about this today. It's almost like, well, if it's not relevant and if most of the people in the crowd or in the audience haven't, it's, it's kind of moot. And so that's one of the reasons why I asked you to tell this story. The second reason I asked you to tell this story is because most women are operating with, I'm trying to do what I have to do so that I can get the relationship. I want him to ask me, I want to be exclusive. I want to be engaged and there's value in that and I'm not dinging it. But sometimes we over identify with it. And in doing that, we think just because a man's asking, we say yes. We think that just because he's chosen us, that's the creme de la creme. And because of the way that you let all of that stuff go or you let it sit in the margin and come, you already had a posture before these men even showed up. And so for those of you listening, especially if you are a single black woman, please zoom in on this conversation. Alexandra has gems and jewels that are difficult to teach without someone having the story that she has and I want you all to hear it. So thank you again, Alexandra, for being here. We're back today because we left the Match Mary May audience with a cliffhanger the last time you were here. And you got to give us some closure, girl. <laughs> cliffhanger. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I, let me first say um, that when you asked if I would come back, there was definitely some hesitancy. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason why there was hesitancy was because I was still in the middle of understanding what was going on. I want the ladies to know that the conversation that is taking place today is coming after an examination of self and that this examination of self revealed truths that were always inside of me, but I didn't realize that they were of the utmost importance to me. And I didn't realize that it was something that needed to be nurtured and cherished and cared about. Have the grace and space as we, we um, chat. But yes, my answer is yes. <laughs> I will <laughs> do this episode. <laughs> um, you know, I love that you said that 
because in most cases, it is my posture. Even if I'm saying, ooh, that would be good if you know you shared that, I'm always saying, wait. Wait until you have talked it out. Wait until you have processed it. You know, wait for all those things. And to a degree, we did, because I wouldn't have you do a show fully unprocessed. Um, but I knew how much value there would be in getting this as real time as I could to you processing it and being able to deliver a conversation, you know, with a gentleman on the other side, because it is the nuance is missing if we wait too long, because you're going to forget those minor details. That's just what the brain does. So I really appreciate you for trusting me with that because it is a tender space. Um, I'm going to make sure you don't say anything you're not supposed to say today. <laughs> so I have you on guard. Don't worry. I got you, boo. <laughs> um, but what you're saying is real. It's a level of vulnerability that is a sacrifice to be made for other women to hear things they wouldn't necessarily hear without you being in that seat so close to it and the vulnerability that comes with it. And that's the scariest thing sometimes, isn't it? Very scary. Yeah, but also very necessary. And you can't grow without relationships with other people being vulnerable and coming to truths within yourself and then being able to talk about it like you. Uh, it's all part of being one of the mesmeric mate clients. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my side of the moon, girl. Yes. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. These are the skills. And we want to make sure we're not just exercising that with men, but that we're also doing it with women so that other women have legacy of womanhood to pick up and that it's modeled for them and that they you know understand so all those things you had a decision to make yes and at the time it was too soon to talk about publicly in our first interview and so that's why i stopped it i said listen i'm gonna let you talk all the way until you get to this point i didn't do that for the cliffhanger effect y'all and just make you listen to another episode <laughs> i did that because it was too soon for her to talk about and i actually didn't know there would be another um interview it was in us working out her decision making process that i realized this is good and i didn't realize it was good all on my own i was monitoring the faces and the gestures and expressions of your cohort members as you were sharing. I mean, they were in the chat like, oh, women need to hear this. Oh, we need to know that. In fact, one of your cohort members, when I got done with that session, sent me a personal text about three paragraphs long to say, I am so glad I witnessed that. Wow. That has me thinking this about my connection with this guy. Right. I mean, I was like, wow. And so it was me kind of intuiting that it was good. And it was me seeing your cohort members, how they responded to that and how they were in the chat. And, and then it was that text and all of that together. I'm like, if she's willing, I think I want her to come back to talk about the decision making process and where she landed. And so we want the deets, girl. So Alexander. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So for the deets, I have um I have two and a half notebooks for all the scribbles and all the deets to capture what was taking place. So we were last 
speaking about how there was a gentleman who had made it around the bend, made it past the February 15th um, date. <laughs> and um, he actually asked um, if I would want to potentially be in a committed relationship. The day that um, this particular gentleman asked me if I wanted to be into a committed relationship, we had gone on a date that day, an amazing date, had a great time. And it was just like our normal quality time that we spend together, right? He was very tired. I said, I'm tired too. So we went our separate ways. And then that was going to be it. A few hours later, I received a text from him and he wanted to have a conversation. And I just assumed he wanted to, you know, ask for another date or go hang out or do something, right? Like, I'm just like, okay, oh, maybe he just wants to say goodnight, not a big deal. And lo and behold, <laughs> the first thing out of his mouth after a couple of niceties was, where do you think we are today? And after he asked me, where do you think we are today? He also said, do you feel like commitment would be the next logical step? And he said, or if it's not the next logical step, are things waning for you? Or maybe we're on the same page, but let's have a check-in. Let's have so a check-in. That's how that went. And the check-ins had been established by working with you, Coach Joyce. Um, and and check-ins are important to have when you are interacting with a man that I, I learned this, right? Because you're wanting to make sure that you know where you stand and where he stands. And if there are new things introduced into that interaction that they're talked about. And because I was so um, shocked and surprised because I thought it was just a normal call, I started taking notes. So I have a full page of notes about what he was asking and why. And then I asked questions around it. And then I sent Coach Joyce um, a text like that next day. <laughs> and I yeah, said, help a, me, a lot of texts. It was a lot of texts, y'all. Um, so that was the ask. <laughs> I love the check-in. So, you know, one of the things that I like to teach you all early is your ability to assess if a man is going to be able to receive your spirit. If your assessment is yes, or even if it's, I think so, and you want to just try to extend the bid in that direction, you know that I care a lot about that because I don't want you caught up in intimate relationships or having a whole bunch of feelings with men who don't receive your spirit because you as the woman are going to set the temperature of the relationship and if that's going to happen the man has to be able to receive your spirit now to do that you got to be able to have a whole other set of emotional and spiritual skills but nonetheless has to be able to do that that he said okay I'm, I feel like it's time for this relationship to take its next step. It feels like progression is the energy here. And I like that he felt that on his own as a man and brought that to you. But look how he did it. He did it enclosed with how you operate with your spirit as a woman, which our check-ins. So he he did all his manly stuff. I'm, I'm feeling like this and I don't know if this means that, right? Like he's bringing that to you, like how we expect men to do. And then he just put a little cap on it 
with your spirit. So let's just have a check in, right? Because that's how you show up. And that's how you have set the temperature of you all's relationship with when we feel like that, we check in. Mm -hmm. And I love that. When I, when I first saw that, I'm like, at least he know how to receive you, girl. At least he, you know, I don't know what the answer going to be yet, but I'm liking what the, there's the proposal. When I say proposal, I don't mean get on one knee, any proposal, like a, just a man asking something of you, wanting to do more with you. There's the proposal and there's also the presentation of that proposal. I respect him for how he went about that. And I just want to put a little feather um, in his cap for that but also you because that speaks to you had to have been laying that emotional groundwork time to time to time for when it got to the point of the ask the point of the proposal for him to be able to do it in a way that alexandra would receive and hear it because it was encased in your spirit already mm -hmm. absolutely and that's why i received the request because even though I was caught off guard, I stopped and started to take notes because I knew that this was um, very important and it was an important ask from him, mm -hmm. especially the way that he framed it. And what also made me feel safe and secure in the ask was that he, when he handed it to me the way that I typically ask for things. Um, there was never any feeling that he was rejecting a previously set up mode of communication. Right. So before you go into all the details, I just want to say, um, because my clients are being asked for a relationship does not mean we are going to naturally give into it. There is a decision making process that I do have them undergo to make sure that it makes sense to say yes to what a man asks them. And that is why I wanted you all to hear me and Alexandra have this conversation because the decision making process is going to come to surface. If you listen to um, our episode one bonus one, I explain how this played out when my husband presented his ass to me. I didn't go into all of the details of his ass, but I did lay I did lay out high level what you needed to know. We have the ask. We understand what was on the table, what he was wanting, and the communication was set up. We, you knew date and time as to when y'all were gonna have this conversation. So let's go into the decision-making process. Um, listeners, if you tuned into the second episode of the season, I spoke briefly about the decision-making process that people make when entering into a relationship and how much that matters to me with black women. So Alex and I got to work with the process so she could have her own sound mind, have her own clarity, her own confidence in her answer, and be able to communicate it effectively with Mr. Steady. That's what we are calling him for this episode, so you follow us. I even equipped her with a few negotiation tools, just in case he asked the questions that I know I can expect men to possibly ask at this juncture. So Alexandra, please tell us about your decision-making process. Don't give all the details because some of that needs to be your business, but do give us big buckets and the details that you can within them so that other women can better understand 
how they may want to approach this for themselves when they're there? Well, the decision-making process had various levels to it. And there were different categories and priorities within the decision-making process that helped us come to a conclusion. What I will say is that at the beginning of the process, the truth as it was on day one, when I sent you the, the text message, wasn't the truth as it was at the end. Sure. And it's okay that that was true. It's okay that things changed throughout the process because I actually grew and evolved as a person um, while working through these discussions. So in addition to the process taking four weeks, I mentioned that there were different um, categories and priorities and it was all layered. So one of that, um, one of those categories was to seek counsel. And when I say seek counsel, it included not only coach choice within the Match Mary Mate community, um, it also included friends and family. In addition to seeking counsel and guidance, there was also an element of education because I lacked experience in this area. So I know Coach Joyce provided me with you know, certain books to read. Um, there were various video clips to uh, listen to. I shouldn't say various, it was like one uh, video clip to listen to. And also within education, uh, man, shout out to the Nurturing Your Self-Esteem Masterclass. <laughs> that class, that took place in the middle of this decision-making process. And that's why I said earlier that there were things that came out that were of the utmost importance to me that I did not realize I needed to cherish. And that is what ultimately uh, helped me make that final decision. So we have seeking counsel, we have education, and then last but not least, a check-in with self. You said counsel, education, self. Mm -hmm. You know, I love me a three-stranded cord, girl. Come on, preach it to us. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about the seeking of counsel, I mean, clearly I reached out to Coach Joyce and, oh gosh, I think we had, we had like a three-hour session at like our restaurant in addition to the text messages back and forth, the voicemails back and forth, because what what happened was um, uh, Mr. Steady and I decided to have a our check-in, which ended up being a series of check-in, um, but the first one took place like a week, week and a half after the initial ask, right? So thankfully the way that things have been set up and the way that he and I relate to one another, we can still interact and talk and, and all of those things and then hold the subject, the main subject for the check-in until that day. So I knew I had at least seven to 10 days <laughs> to get some counsel from, from Coach Joyce. And so you walked me through very important questions to um, have answers to. And then um, he and I had our first check-in on um, that Sunday. And there were questions that I could not have even expected would be asked because I haven't been in this space before. Exactly. And what was agreed upon, and, and this is important to know when you don't know what you don't know. That's something that you also taught me. So it was agreed upon in that first check-in. And, and really he said this to, so to, to his credit, he said, you know, as we're having this conversation, I 
see us having a series of conversations that follow. And so when he said that, that also put me at, at ease because he recognized as someone who had more experience in this area, but also wanted to care and cover me. Yeah, this is why I encourage what, what is true about this man and what he comes with. I encourage you to take the journey with him. Remember early when you were like, mm -hmm. this is gonna be my cuffing buddy. And I'm like, yes, great, have fun with your cuffing buddy. But once you wanted it to extend beyond that, and he was available for it and showed up. I encouraged you to do that because he mm -hmm. has a certain level of experience when it comes to relationships, um, relating to women, caring for women that you needed to experience and be able to partake in. And I'm gonna, you already know why, but I'm gonna say why for the, the audience. When you started this journey, you were, you know, I've had a little boyfriend at some point, so it's not like I'm completely green, but I don't know to have a, I don't know how to have a full grown woman relationship. And right. I need you to teach me how to put my big girl panties on, girl. And so, <laughs> shout out to Nana. That's a phrase that I got from my mom as she always is pouring Nana's spirit and heart into me. So I like to always evoke her name when I can. And so I said, listen, I don't have any problem taking you under my wing and showing you how to be a grown woman in a relationship and showing you how to expect a man to be a grown man with you. Mm -hmm. But when I understood that the relationship experience that he had and I was coupling that with the inexperience that you confessed to me. And I'm taking into account your age. Yes, we can find love and we can get into relationships at any age. We see it all the time. I just watched a video of a 60 year old woman marrying for the first time and kudos to her. However, I knew your relationship goals to possibly have a child that does have a time frame on it and want to be in a certain type of relationship with a man before you can even think about it. And the process of getting to that point takes time. So when I understood his relationship experience, I said, this is a good way for you to kind of retroactively give you some time back. Because with this gentleman, you're going to grow up so much more in just one experience than you could with four or five, you know, relationships or four or five men that you're dating at the same time or just throughout a certain passage of time, I knew it would grow you up because he was bringing a level of experience. So when you said, I think we want to take this connection past, you know, cupping season time, that calendar time, I said, yeah, I like that for you. You know, I don't know if you should get into a relationship with this man. I don't know if he's your husband, but you're in a good situation, a good spot to learn so much by this one interaction. Again, me saying things to you all, it's knowledge, it's counsel by all means listening, but it slaps different when you are sitting in the seat of experiencing it. My job is just to make sure that I say it to you so that when you experience it, your brain goes, oh my God. <laughs> I heard this. I know this. Oh my gosh. Coach Joyce got me ready um, for this. I just wanted to insert that there for the ladies to understand 
why I encourage this kind of relationship with this person. And not for nothing, I know you were getting some slack with some people personally in your life, you know, dating a man who inserts some of the things that are true about him. And I'm like, actually, that's the kind of person you get to learn a lot of these skills from. <laughs> so I understand people's trepidation with certain things being true about people, but I am about your skill building. And I am about you hitting milestones that you say you want to hit and achieving the goals that you say you want to have while fulfilling the desires that you possess as a woman. And when I put all of that together, I'm like, mm hmm you can keep seeing him after cuffing season. <laughs> <laughs> and you've grown up so much by way of oh, relating yes. to him, haven't you? Yes, yes. I am a completely different person. Um, I'm a completely different woman. And I can say with confidence that I am a woman. I embody womanhood. And I'm thankful for that because I would say when we first started doing this, doing this work together, I would not have said that and would not have even thought to say that mm -hmm. about myself. Within the realm of seeking counsel, right? So again, this was a four-week thing. <laughs> All four weeks to get to some yes or no or maybe or whatever the decision was. Um, I spoke with Coach Joyce, and then I also um, chatted with family and friends. And while this was taking place, when you start to seek counsel, if they are great counselors, they will provide you with education and educational resources. So I mentioned that, um, you know, you have provided a book, uh, specifically a chapter within a book, as well as video. And then also, I want to say there was a Clubhouse episode that happened right in the middle of this as well. So it was around the same timing as the Nurturing Your Self-Esteem uh, Masterclass, which I highly recommend everyone to take. But there was a week, and I have my notes from it. I marked it in my little notebook. Um, and there was a, a Clubhouse episode where the question that you asked the ladies in the community was how do you like to feel close first with a man mm. and you gave very specific areas of how a woman can feel close to a man as well as the definition and you asked for everyone who was on clubhouse that day to i think it was to name their their top two mm -hmm. based on the definition um, that was provided and I named my top two. <laughs> and what I I actually had written that my top two were emotional and spiritual in that order. And what I learned that day is that I had been confusing emotional closeness with spiritual closeness. Mm -hmm. And that actually spiritual closeness is my number one and emotional may not even be included as the top two. Funny enough, I did the intimacy series in July on Clubhouse, which is not like me, right? I usually Clubhouse, quick and dirty space, come up with your question, let me answer you, get you in a good spot. I'm donating an hour and 15 minutes of my time. I'm not about to spend the time that it takes to curate so much material. This is a quick and dirty space. You got something you want to say to me? 
You want to pick my brain? You got a question you want to ask me? You want me to workshop something out with you? Let's go. But two things. So many of my clients were transitioning or in the, in the midst of it. And I'm like, having these intimacy lessons matter so much. And I've been trying to get a cohort of just you all in the transition to happen, but the scheduling wasn't matching up with the timing of the transitions of everything. So I said, fine, I'm just gonna use my clubhouse space. A lot of y'all come there anyway. So some of that was just spirit working on your behalf because when I originally got the call in my spirit to do it, you weren't registering in my brain because he hadn't even asked you the question. Wow. You just happened to be of service because it happened to you in the season, right? So, you know, thanks spirit for that. Um, and then the second thing, I'm gonna tell on myself a little bit here. <laughs> I knew you would be in that room <laughs> only because when we had our one-to-one, when we went out, because I said, girl, this conversation you want to have, I don't want to meet you on Zoom. Let's do this in person. So when we went out to have your session, I could see what was troubling you. I could see what was compounding you and giving you the hesitation and i said i know exactly what the next room is going to be mm. i know exactly what the next room is going to be mm -hmm. and i had i had already promoted that it would be you know these topics so i had to figure out a way to make it be topical but i had i did not plan to go through these are the different levels of intimacy these are how women feel close to men. This is what these definitions mean. I wasn't necessarily prepared to do it like that. But mm -hmm. once I was able to monitor you, I said, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I know she'll be in the room. So when I, I save spiritual intimacy for last on purpose, because I wanted to do my most expansion there. And I made sure I dropped. I said, Alexandra, remember when I taught you those C's? and how we actually assess spirituality and where a man is with that and how he can hang on in our world or not. And I had a call, cause I, I don't necessarily pull y'all up there without you knowing about it. You know, I try to communicate ahead of time so you're not feeling like, you know, deer in headlights type thing, but I just had the unction. And when I skimmed, I, I saw you were in there. And so I was like, I'm just gonna take a, I'm gonna take a stab in the dark, follow spirit, and we'll see what happens. And so I said, Alexandra, I want you to put yours in the chat and then tell me your top one. Let me see if you get this right, which is not like me. I usually would never try to quote unquote, teach you about yourself in an open space like that. But I was flowing with spirit. Anytime y'all see me do something, usually not mm -hmm. <laughs> on brand with me. I'm probably just following the lead and hoping it lands out the way I want it to land out, hoping I'm not looking silly, right? But of course, I'm willing to take the risk, like how we said at the beginning, with being vulnerable. It feels a little scary, but how else do we get to greatness without taking those kind of risks? You can't get to greatness always playing it safe. And of course, I would have respected if you refused, but I took my stab and 
you replied back emotional. And I was like, I'm about to get on her right now. I was like, no, that's not it. That's not it, boo thing. Try again. <laughs> and I love that because one of the things that we mentioned in our first interview, and one of the things that you just constantly praise me for, which is my ability to go, uh, I'm gonna take you in and I'm gonna tell you what, what you really are. Now I can't throw that on you, right? I gotta wait until you go, oh my God, that is it. But it happened immediately. Usually those kind of things have to, they require a process, right? And, and even with process, people strive to accept new things or different things or opposite things about themselves. But I knew it was spirit because the moment I said it, you, you replied back with the mind blown emoji in the chat. You were like, oh my God, I just found out something about myself. You were so right. And I was like, no, I'm not right, spirit, right. <laughs> I wanted you to see that. Now, I don't want to get ahead of you, but that is directly related to one of the things on your three buckets. And that was why I did it. I'll make the connection after you tell, after you introduce that to this conversation. I don't want to get ahead of you. But that's why I did that. Mm, thank you. Thank you for taking a chance. No, thanks, Spirit. And I thank, well, thanks, Spirit. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. Thanks, Spirit. And we had briefly mentioned the importance of spirituality in the first episode. This is why. Because if I wasn't open to receive counsel from wise counsel, by the way, not just any old counsel, wise counsel tried and true that was providing education then I would have completely missed a moment not only that would have helped me grow but also that would have moved me in the direction to make the appropriate decision I think when that clubhouse episode took place Mr. Steady and I had had at least somewhere but 10 plus hours of conversation around the topic of getting into a committed relationship. We had a list of questions, which you guided me on, um, and questions that were being answered. And then we had questions to the questions, uh, and we had scheduled another check-in. While, when this epiphany happened, I still don't think I fully grasped what it meant to have and relate to a man the, the most or when I feel most close to a man is through spirituality. I still didn't get it. But lo and behold, there was another educational moment, right? So that's why education is so important um, through the um, Nurturing Your Self-Esteem course. I went back and listened to it a second time and took notes a second time and picked out all the homework. You had so much homework for us to do in that session. And I don't know if everybody else in that session picked up on it, but I wrote down assignments. I have a notebook that's dedicated just to nurturing your self-esteem. And the first few pages are just definitions within that, within nurturing your self-esteem. Like the first question you ask after you do the introduction, you asked us, what are the things that we submit to? I had to look up the word submission. We will do a cute little word study <laughs> in Match Mary Mate. <laughs> and I didn't realize this. I'm having an epiphany right now. 
you don't know how much you are blessing me. And I love to see the energy. You know when something is authentic, you know when it's spirit, you know when it's of the most high or whatever the God of your understanding is. When it flows, you just continue to be a, a vessel, a source of water. Like that's how it feels. It feels like I am a, a source of water that you came to to drink, but it never, it never stays that way. Like that's how you know, man, these people are actually tapped into the most high. They're tapped in the spirit because it should not stay. Oh, I need a drink now. Let me just go to, let me just go to Joyce and suck up my water. I shouldn't be on the power trip that that's what you do. You come to me for water and you shouldn't be in a position of always just wanting to take. Mm. Right. I'm just coming to get my water and then I'm out. But it feels like I mean, that's a, the original transaction, right? That I feel like I'm this vessel of water and that you come to drink. But then as in you getting your drink, you get filled up on so much water that you can go out and pour into others, but also come back and pour back into the source, lest the source run yeah. dry. Right? right. And so it just feels like this energy of living water that just continues to to move and flow and that's why i love sitting with women who are willing to learn but then also willing to contribute because it continues to be that energy and so right now i'm having my own epiphany i just declared my my phd i just declared my research interest and I was nervous to say this because I'm like, they're going to tell me it's not a thing, but I know it's a thing. So I'm prepared to defend it. Mm -hmm. um, relationship education. I'm in the process, like literally this week in the process of defending that and have it be passed with my, my chair and my board. And you keep saying the word education. You keep saying we need the education. We need the education. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my dissertation. That if women have the right relationship education, they are empowered to make safer, happier, more stable dating decisions, which does impact how we show up for marriage and family or marriage and or family, depending on how you go about creating your family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't know how much you're blessing me because this is my first time hearing a client overemphasize on it's that education that helped me make these good relationship decisions. You've never done this before either. Like you're doing it real time right now. And it's just, it just hit me almost like spirit saying, you hear that? You hear that? You hear how I'm setting it up for you? And I'm like, oh my God, Alexandra giving me chills. You came on here to talk about wow. how I bless you. And in doing that, you're only blessing me. And wow. that's just the most high. And I love that. And it's nothing but truth because this is exactly what happened. This is exactly what you did. It's exactly what you're doing. And I love that because it keeps a good checks and balance that nobody can get haughty. Nobody can sit too high. I can be blessed by you like how you could be blessed by me. And it keeps us humble, mm. right? It keeps our character intact. Because I don't mm. see you as somebody where, you know, you just come to take. Right. And I also don't have a power trip where I see myself as like, I teach you, you don't teach me. I bless you, you don't bless me. No, girl, you blessing me right now. So I thank you for your service. Love bugs. Let's take a quick break and just take in what we've unpacked so far. I'll be right back to finish my combo with Alexandra. See you soon. Uh -huh. 
You're invited to our second annual Winter Women's Retreat, a slumber party. Did you know that Black women are often the gatekeepers and teachers of culture, memory, and legacy, particularly of the Black family? While on the journey to preparing for a love and life partner, and even more so if you're already partnered or married, I encourage Black women to create a community and cultivate sisterhood with other Black women first. We need each other. Retreat tickets are now available for the first 10 guests at matchmarymate.com. Join us in Asheville, North Carolina for a sacred and spiritual retreat with other Black women who know how to act. Hope to see you in the mountains. Do you have a private or sensitive dating and relationship issue you want to chat with me about? Sometimes we all need a little TLC and one-on-one and I'm here for it. Here's what you want to do. Visit matchmarymate.com. Click work with me and book your individual call. I cannot wait to meet you in the Zoom room, honey. Coach Joyce, I thank you for your service because you gave five hours. Girl, I'm about to cry. time with us. Like you just sat with us. And I remember during that session, you said, I, I thought this was just going to be two, two and a half hours, but I'm going to keep going. And we went, that was the same day that you went for five hours. I think there might have been a five minute break because you, you thankfully decided to take care of yourself. And then you went right into our cohort for another two and a half, however many hours. And then you had something else that afternoon. I think you were introduced. Oh yeah. At eight, I had a five o'clock. No, I had a 12 yeah. o'clock with the class. I had a five o'clock coaching cohort. And then I had an eight o'clock community call with the current match Mary mate cohorts mm-hmm. the spirit but what did i tell you all when we start on a sunday morning or well, it's sunday afternoon but it's 12 o'clock everywhere else in the country it's still morning so when we start on a sunday morning how do i start we're going to get into some spiritual work we're going right. to get into some psychological work we're going to get into some emotional work you need to be clean you need to be clean i hope you are already spiritually and ritually clean if you have not done that as an intentional practice before you came here, if you want to do that and just be late for 15, 20 minutes, I would recommend that. But even if not, even if you just go wash your hands and mm-hmm. say this, and I give you all what to say if you need that prompting, you need to be clean for this space because I can be as clean as I want to be and I could be flowing, spirit working in me. But if it's going to go out into you and back into me and we're going to have this, you got to be just as clean. Mm-hmm. And y'all were ready for that. Y'all were like, oh, hold up. Let me go. <laughs> Some of y'all was already ready because y'all know how I roll. But a few of y'all was like, wait a minute. I ain't know that until right now. But you ain't going to catch me off. Teach me. I'm about to be mm-hmm. just as clean as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And we, because of that, my capacity to give, my capacity to be available and to show up just continue to expand and continue to increase. But that is the beauty of being a woman. Remember, remember last episode when I said to you, I'm like, you know how all these women would tell me, I can't, I ain't got, I don't want. I'm like, oh, baby, you cutting your, you don't even sound like a woman right now. You're cutting yourself off. That doesn't mean don't have boundaries and don't have standards. But if your mind is just, I ain't got it. I don't want to do all of that. My capacity ain't set up like that. How can spirit flow? Maybe Joyce don't have it, but if spirit come with me, 
and spirit is in you and there's an this is a transaction that's supposed to happen in an exchange that where we're supposed to give unto each other or even if it is just me giving unto you and later i'll get some blessings back for that sacrifice like how i am now um i have to be able to feed the hearts and souls and minds and spirits of women Mm -hmm. which means i can't put a time limit to my work all the time i have to be able to Mm -hmm. show up and go assess the need and pour into you. However long that takes for you to, you don't have to be full all the time, but you need to be refreshed. You need to be good in, in a good enough space to go do more, to process, mm-hmm. to contemplate, to forgive, to change, to do whatever the work required for why me and you lived in that time space reality at that moment. Mm-hmm. And how can we, how can I do that if my inclination is, I don't got it. My capacity is not there. That ain't how I'm set up. Then if I'm like that, spirit is going to be like, well, that's, you know how the vessel I can flow in. Because you wow. won't let me increase you. You won't let me expand you. You're going to be saying this only can be an hour and shut people down right at the precipice of their healing. Right at the precipice of their revelation, of their deliverance, of their answer. So I don't always do that. Let 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 the record show. Don't be signing up for classes thinking I'm about to just give you five hours on the humbug. But when it is necessary, I do. So in my time with you, you identified three things that you truly desired from from Mr. Steady that had not yet been demonstrated, or it was still in development. I want to give him his credit for the things that I know he saw and could pick up on. Mm, I ain't all of who she wants me to be yet here, but I am willing to get in here and do some of the work, which is to be commended, you know, so the verdict was still out. And I just want to say for the audience, one of the things that Match Me or Make Clients do is they draft a relationship plan. It is a living document. So how you draft it inside of the course isn't going to be how it lives and breathes forever. But we do have to create a baseline, a starting point. In that relationship plan, I have them think through the 12 categories of relationship. Now that's proprietary information. So you're gonna have to get in the course to know all of that. But I will set set it up for you so you can follow what Alexandra is gonna say and be able to carry out the conversation with us. When a man is asking for something, it doesn't have to be the proposal of a relationship or of exclusivity. But anytime a man is asking you for something where you have to commit to it, there's a sacrifice, there's a cost to pay, etc. I always have my clients return back to that relationship plan. Let's check in with self. So I love that um, Alexandra said good counsel education and that still that self check in. Let's check in with self. Since the last time we've had to check in with self and revisit this plan, anything updated? And they, they comb through and give me whatever update. Sometimes there are some, sometimes they're not. We make sure we add that because we have to make sure we are updating our plans with our lives so that we're not losing track of our progress, losing track of who it is that we have become, are becoming. And so in doing that, we flagged three relationship categories that I could tell had either not yet been demonstrated or we're still in development. One of the values of that process is usually you cannot see that with full eyes by yourself. Mm -hmm. It requires someone else, a coach, a therapist, 
a best friend, whoever you have. In this case with Alexandra and I, it's coach to client. As I walked through that, she was like, oh, oh, the epiphanies that were coming. And I'm telling y'all there are blind spots when you are in relationships that, that are present even without you being in love. Because at this point, I would not say, oh my God, Alexandra got googly eyes. She's so in love and that's why she's blind. No, that can be why you're blind, but don't think that's the only reason. You can be blind because you're so close to something. You don't have a bird's eye view on it. So when you are sitting inside of the seat of the relationship or inside of the seat of the connection, even if it's not a relationship yet, you have blind spots and you just got to own that. That's not a deficit. That's not a human or personal flaw. It is the nature of being close. That's it. That's all that means, ladies. Mm -hmm. So my job when we're in this decision making process, I'm receiving Alexandra's spirit. I'm taking in all that I know about her and what she has communicated to me about this relationship. And as she's doing that, I'm backing up and I'm scanning like a mama bird because I have the positional authority to do so. She can't even do it for herself because she's too close to the guy. So somebody has to be able to do that for you. And I, I, that is a part that I just care about so much, right? To me, that is why you hire me. Girls see this because by very nature of being in it, I lose some level of sight. And that again, not a flaw. It's just what happens. So I need community members. I need my coaches and my support team. I need my therapists and my girlfriends and my mama if you're close enough to her. Because mama's got a certain kind of sight that don't nobody got, right? So I'm always like, y'all, I said what I said, but ask your mama. <laughs> if you're close to her, ask your mama, right? And Alexandra and I, she don't mind saying, let me tell you what my mama said. And I know how to parse out the old school of your mama. I know how to parse out, oh, she's just saying that because she's afraid or she's just saying that because you're your mom and get to the crux of the wisdom that mama actually has that we need because I can't see you like that. You're not my child, but I need to hear that from your mama to work it into how I see you and counsel you. If you tuned into an earlier episode, I was speaking to the mother of a client and we were talking about why that's so valuable because there was one client where I had to say, put your mama on the phone right now. We gonna patch her in right now. I'm not waiting for you to have a conversation and get back to me and I wanna hear it from your mama myself. Your mothers are still important. Even if they old school, even if they, you know, well, my mama not really up to date, that's okay, still ask her. You can bring it all back to me. I know how to get rid of that. But, but underneath that is a mama wisdom that you can't get from anybody else because you only got one mama. And I need to be able to hear that because that is just golden nuggets that I can't have without her. Anywho, my whole point is we were able to flag three things. And mm -hmm. I said, no, we don't give men our yeses without seeing either full demonstration in these categories or a level of development in these categories where we are comfortable with the progress that we've seen, mm -hmm. right? Men don't have to be 100%. They don't have to be fully evolved in every single thing. I don't wanna paint that picture. Men are human beings who are growing and evolving and changing and have feelings, but we don't give our yeses without those two things that I just said. And so 
I was like, ah, a yes right now. I'm not sure. Let's bring these three things to surface, have a conversation with him and see, you know, what happens. So if you want to share all three, go for it, but at least give us one and explain like why that mattered to you and how you knew it was lacking. Thank you for bringing this back to mind uh, because that that is right. We were in a, a cohort session and I remember those 12 relationship categories and within the 12 relationship categories, I had 22 standards and boundaries. And so you had me walk through all 22 standards and boundaries. And then you're like, okay, like what, what's going on? And looking on paper, being someone who's so close to it, out of the 22 boundaries, there were only nine where I, I felt like maybe I had some questions or wanted additional insight. Even without having that committed relationship, I already knew that he met at least, um, you know, over 50% of the, the standards and boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I'm good, right? I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But then to your point, we did a deeper dive. <laughs> you combed through them and those top three, yeah, yeah, they, it was an epiphany for sure. Um, and even though there were only three, they were of three that were of most value to me. And something that you have been teaching us is that people value different things and that that does not have anything to do with a person's overall self-worth, but people yeah. do value different things. Out of the, the three um, categories or areas that were identified, um, I think the one that hit the most that I was actually not aware of initially was based on spirituality. And this is again, after having the clubhouse um, session and also going through nurturing your self-esteem. And I said, oh my goodness, spirituality is um, a part of that grouping of people, things, deities that I submit to. And I remember you gave the definition of submission as yielding to a higher force or yielding to an authority. So in my case, spirituality links to yielding to a higher force. And you went deeper and you asked us, so what ideals do the powers or the higher force that you submit to represent? And within that, that gets to the heart of who you are and why you are attracted to the thing. And based on the education that was provided also in the clubhouse call, I was, I feel the most close to a man spiritually. Now, going back to uh, Mr. Steady, I always feel very safe. And I looked up the word safe, right? Because I wanted to make sure that I understand what I was saying when I said safe. I never, I I felt secure from liability to harm, injure, danger, 
or risk. They were free, free from any hurt. Like I never thought that emotionally I would be hurt physically, spiritually. I never had any of that, right? When I tell you like 100% safe with this man. Yeah, he's a good man. Because he's a, a great man. And um, even in the spiritual space, there are certain practices that I have that he didn't fully understand or know. But if I ever needed space, he created that space for me. Mm -hmm. And never questioned, never judged any of that. So in my mind, as someone who is just now starting to relate to and interact with men, I said, oh, well, then I'm, I'm fine. This is, this is all I need. We are connecting and I'm safe. But what I didn't realize was that we were connecting on emotional closeness, not spiritual. And if spirituality is something that is of high value to me, it is innately who I am and that I'm nurturing it and I'm cherishing it. If a woman who is highly spiritual is interacting with a man who may not have spirituality as something that is high on his list or may there may be um, a, a void in, or a gap in that space, that actually makes it an unsafe space for me. In some regard. And, in some regard, specifically spiritually. And that's what I wanted you to see. And I knew you were making the wrong transaction. I say to my clients all the time, my job is to make sure you're not miserably married or devastatingly divorced. And that means a lot of things. But one of the things it means that you're tapping on is we make a transaction one way and then find out later it was something else. And it wasn't because the person bamboozled you. It wasn't because the person was mean to you or lied to you or misrepresented anything, because that is not what we're saying about Mr. Steady at all. He's actually a very upstanding man. But you are confusing spirituality with emotionality. That's one. And then two, you are placing more regard on emotionality than spirituality. And that's not really who you are. That's who you think you are. And that's why you relationships really hold up a mirror and reflect back at ourselves to teach us who we are. And it was only in that exchange. First of all, you had to be talking for 10 months, relate, being able to relate in the way that you are so that it could hold up 10 months long and be healthy and strong and stable. He had to be interested in a relationship with you or at least interested in what you all thought the next step would be for you to even get here. Do you know how much stuff had to happen for you to realize this thing about yourself? Like almost a year's worth of, of work. Exactly. For you to realize, first of all, spirituality is not emotionality. And I need to position myself to regard spiritual safety and spirituality with the man more than even the emotional. The emotional still gotta be there. Spirituality and emotionality are kissing cousins, but they're not the same thing. And if you would have made the decision based on the emotional safety that you felt, you would have gotten into that relationship and started to feel defunct in the spiritual space and then wonder why. Yeah. 
Why is this happening? And then tensions come up, fights come up, you feel, you know, less sense of self in the inside of your own body. Again, protecting you from being miserably married or devastatingly divorced or sometimes even devastatingly heartbroken. I can't protect you from regular disappointments and sadness. It comes with the cost of business of being with people, but I can definitely protect you from being unnecessarily disappointed, unnecessary devastation. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a transaction you want to make based on who I know you to be and what is really authentic of yourself, even if you don't see that that's who you are. That's why I designed that clubhouse call in the way that I did, because I'm, I mean, not me, let me give Spirit all credit, or following the lead that I had, hoping you could see yourself in that. Absolutely did. And I, I, I wanna make sure that I am holding true to truth and speaking truthfully about Mr. Steady. So I wanna, I wanna make sure that I say this correctly because I think earlier I said that if um, there's a spiritual gap or there's a void there, that's, that, that's not what I wanna say. What I wanna say is that I was physically safe and absolutely emotionally safe. But if spirituality is unknown, then I'm unsafe as a woman who needs this. So not that there's like a gap or void, but that is just unknown. So what would then happen is that if I were to also couple and be in a situation with um, a man where spirituality is unknown, then my spirituality also can become unknown and it can get gray. It can get gray. And um, that's, but that's one of my superpowers. It's one of your So then I'll become gray and I'll become unknown. And then there's uncertainty. And then when there's uncertainty, I am more vulnerable to other people's opinions. And that's something that you helped me work through. And I'm still working through from the Nurturing Your Self-Esteem um, course, because one of the things that I had and was submitting to were other people's, what other people would say. And so I went for a word search. I'm like, what is a word for what other people say? And I'm like, oh, opinions, right? And then I looked up the definition of opinions and it literally said that it's a belief or judgment that rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty so if i'm listening to other people's opinions that are insufficient to produce complete certainty then how am i going to be certain and sure in my foundation exactly. because the spirituality is unknown exactly. and i can't take that risk i'm not willing to take that risk especially after all the work that's been been taking place you see how easy it is to choose yourself and make good relationship decisions when you've done a level of self-work because when you do work your your instinct is to protect it that's it it's because like I, I, I did this labor i spent thousands of dollars in coaching i spent hundreds of dollars in courses i've spent two years of on the ground work with myself and not even talking about the benefits that you've received in your life as a result of it. I can't throw all that away trying to be with you, mm -hmm. right? And I wanna say here, we have a mindset sometimes as black women that we only throw back bad men. We have to course correct that. Mm -hmm. Our posture has to be, and when I say bad men, 
I mean, men who would not seek to do you right. And when I say underdeveloped men, I mean, men who probably would arrive at being able to do you right, but they just have not fully developed there. In most cases, I would never put bad men and underdeveloped men in the same category because those are two different types of men. But here I have to. Our posture has to be that we reject bad and underdeveloped men. It has to be. Nature works that way. We are a part of nature. Sometimes we let our own will, our own mind, our own agency interrupt the flow and pattern of nature because we possess the power to do so. But that doesn't mean just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? So if I'm just going to use a nature example to bring us in, I really don't care what animal we're talking about, but I like to talk about hippopotamuses. It's, 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 it's. <laughs> <laughs> because I just love the structure that is set up there. Men are chosen because they have produced something that is like, oh, that's worth being with. Right. In the animal kingdom, it usually works out with a fight. In some animals, it's the alpha. But there's not there's not a concept of alpha in every animal group. Some it is the winner, the most producing one. The one who walked who walked away alive from the fight. Right. So rhinos and hippos are some of my favorite to watch. You can have a swarm of women and all of these men sniffing, right? Because they're in heat, it's time to mate or whatever. And these women are like, y'all know what y'all got to do? Y'all got to perform. May the best man win? Because why? Why should we mix our genetics with the least of these? No, we want the winner. We want the fighter. Obviously, there are men still being chosen that are not always the winner. But at least it's you gave it a good fight, right? And in this case, bad men would be men who don't even want to fight. You don't even want to participate. You don't even want to produce. You don't even want to do things that would need to be done for us to have something to assess. Unpro undeveloped men would be you're on the way there, but you haven't arrived yet to be able to take up a woman and, and children, particularly Black women. We have a posture of we only throw back quote unquote bad men. No, no, no. We reject bad men. They don't even come into the fold. And so I'm saying that because this man that we're talking about with Alexandra is a good man. Of course he would be because we don't entertain anything else. So the question when he asked for more, when he asked for a baby or put one in you anyway, <laughs> when he asked for marriage, when he asked to have sex with you, whatever his ask is, at that point, he should already be good. Cause girl, why is he around long enough to be able to do all of that if this is not a good man? So the question isn't, well, is he a good man? I, he should have already been one. Cause at the, at the beginning we reject underdeveloped and we reject bad men. So a man asking you for something, in this case with Alexandra, a relationship, the question isn't, is he good at this point? <laughs> he already good or he wouldn't be here. The question is, does it make sense for you to make this transaction with him? Well, the answer to that question was a no. Exactly. And that is okay. 
That is okay. So there are a few little nuggets here that I want to make sure particularly Black women are hearing. As a woman, the responsibility is on you to deny unworthy men. The responsibility is on you to deny and reject. If this man ain't even what you know you need him to be, why is he even being around long enough to be anything more than that quick exchange for you to go, oh, no, 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 no. Also here, we have this saying, and I don't know if it's a black saying or a Christian saying or a black Christian saying, I don't know. But I, I know when I say it, you gonna know what I'm talking about. And even if you are a black woman who doesn't identify as a Christian, there's so much Christendom in the legacy of being a black American that you end up knowing a lot about it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And that is, girl, why, buy, why would he buy the cow if he can get the milk for free? And while I understand the sentiment, that's not how men make their relationship decisions. They're not making their relation. Most of them are not making their relationship decisions on free milk. They are making their relationship decision. Like this is my woman. I'm making a declaration that this woman is mine. I'm her man. So that it's cutting off all other men's access to her. Hmm. So it's less about if you are given free milk, first of all, ain't no part of you free anyway, okay? It all come with some kind of cost, mm-hmm. whether you got a ring on your finger or not. And maybe you wait for certain things to happen with the ring on your finger, but ain't no part of you free anyway. So free milk, throw that away. The question is, before you are exclusive and committed, you have the opportunity to be able to entertain whoever you want. And men know that. So by making a declaration that you my woman, they know they're cutting off access to all other men and that's why they make the decision. So then that has to be the question you ask yourself when you get here. What this man has demonstrated unto me, is it so good to me that I would just cut off opportunities to all other men? Is it that good? Because girl, if it's that good, that, that might be your boo thing. But if not, let's let's sit and talk about why your automatic answer to that question isn't, girl, yes. If I am dating any other man, they can all go bye-bye for this one. Or if I'm not, the possibility of other men in the future, I'm good. It's him. If that's not immediately the answer, and I ask and I look for y'all, and I'm like, oh, let's talk about why that wasn't it. Let, let, let's let that come up. And when we did, I was like, this is what I hear. I simplified it because men appreciate easy language. Don't complicate stuff. I simplified it and said, present it to him like this, but this is the core of it. You were a little like, oh my God, that's it. Again, too close to it. And then I said, just because you're telling a guy no or not right now, it doesn't mean that he's going to retreat. He might say what I got to do, what you need to see. And so I wanted you prepared for that too. And so I said earlier that there was something still in development. And then I spoke about refusing undeveloped men. When I say undeveloped men, I mean, they don't even have themselves together enough to be able to entertain other people and keep up with what that means. When I say still in development here, I mean, there are things that you want to see out of your male partner and the level to which you want to see it yet 
has not fully been observable by you. So I'm like, oh, well, that's still in progress. That's still in development. We can't say he's not doing it. We just need to give it more time for him to come. So I use the word development and I wanted to be clear to give the distinction because I was using the same word to describe two very different scenarios. But that's the question, right? And with the answer to the question being no, I was hesitant to share the three items that you had identified. Not that I was hesitant to have to, to, to have the conversation. It was that I knew that it would be a very direct and candid conversation and very straightforward and probably a little bit more straightforward than I um, had, had been communicating. So that's an area for, for self-growth for me, clearly. And what I do wanna say is after the three areas were communicated, the way the no was received made me continue to feel physically and emotionally safe in the space with the guy. Nothing changed. Who he is as a person and as a man and his upstanding character did not change. We actually had a very good conversation around the feedback and he asked for more detail. I didn't think that that's what he was gonna do. And I didn't want you to have to come back to me for that. So that's why I just gave you everything. I'm like, if the conversation pivots this way, you have these tools. If it pivots this way, you have these tools. I wanted you already equipped because I knew the conversation could go a series of ways and I wanted you to have what you needed for each one. And so I said to you, he's either gonna say, okay, does that mean we shouldn't see each other at all because we're not progressing? Or feel some type of way about it and say, which is his prerogative and say, I really want something more. I'm not looking for another friend. If this can't be more, you know, I wanna tap out. Or he's going to say, anything I can do. And I specifically said, you're giving a man your no. So we need to monitor how he responds to you post no. And to quote a Marieism from my mama, a man who does not respect your no is not worthy of your yes. So if I have to be in a position where I have to give you a no, and eventually it'll happen, and you trip out on me, I will forever be rescinding all of my yeses. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Thank you for showing me who you are. Now, I did say to you, two of the things on that list, that man could probably get to working on right now. It would be in development, and we're still going to wait until we see the level of progress we want to see before we start passing out some more yeses. But one of them, I'm like, I don't know, Alexandra. I don't know. Even if he gave it his best shot, I just don't know. And I just have to say that to you to be responsible. But I always encourage you, if this is a path you want to go down, I encourage you to go down it and we'll see what it yields and deal with things real time. This was for me an example of a space where I was also initially undeveloped or a little bit, I wouldn't say undeveloped or underdeveloped, but I didn't have the realization of my potentialities in the spiritual area and how important it was to me. Within the last year, I had a pretty big shift and change and growth in that area. And that that 
can happen as you as a woman are interacting with a man. And that's why it's important to always have those check-ins and to have open, honest, respectful um, conversation with accountability, which I think that's what you've, you've taught us to do as well. Uh, because without it, I know that the conversation that Mr. Steady and I had would not have gone as well. And there would have been either both people or at least one person leaving emotionally hurt at minimum, possibly costing emotional and spiritual hurt. I think we had mentioned in the first episode, you don't want to say something to a man and not mean it, right? So mm -hmm. if something's changed, communicate it, but make sure you've gotten your counsel first, you've gotten education, you've checked in with yourself. And then even in the way that the communication takes place with the man, you are still talking to a man. So you need to make sure you are providing the feedback or, you know, answer with respect. Number one, respect, not only for the fact that he is a man, but then respect for, for the person that is in front of you. Um, and then from there, monitor, like Coach Joyce said, and the monitoring went well. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm so happy that that worked out well and you were able to navigate it. As you are seeking counsel and guidance, the whole point of having your standards and boundaries identified within the 12 relationship categories is so that the yes or no decision comes from you and you alone. So that was something that I had learned and that I was so comfortable in because yes, I did speak with Coach Joyce. Um, yes, I did check in with friends and family. And let me tell you, those friends and family, some were, yes, you should go into a committed relationship and others said no. And if I to be quite honest, the reasons that both sides were giving for either moving forward with the, the relationship or holding or withdrawing self and, and not moving forward in the relationship had nothing to do with the reasons of my final no. But if I had gone with what they had stated, then the decision would not have come for me and I would have regretted it in the end. And even if it was the right decision to not move forward, I still would have had uncertainty and thought that it wasn't the right decision because I didn't listen to myself and I listened to other people. Right. It's how you do it. It's mm -hmm. how you make the transactions sometimes, not even where you landed with it. So I want to quote a homeboy of mine because this is coming from a black man. I forget my original question that I posed to him, but I do remember his response. I, I am working on transitioning both of my sons who are 14 and 17 into adulthood and into manhood. I can pretty much have the adulthood on lock, but the manhood part, I outsource that with several men in my community because I cannot shape and develop and cultivate male identity and actually launch somebody into manhood because I'm not a man and I don't even know what that means. So specifically my youngest son 
who is 14 at the beginning of that launching process that me and my husband established for them. I had to sit him down and work through the five levels of self with him that you see in the course, right? And I said, you're right here, you're at level one. And it's gonna be a while before you have done the work that it requires to be up out of it. And let me tell you what boys and males, cause men is a whole nother category. Let me tell you what boys and males don't do at level one. You don't go out here hurting women, hurting girls. You don't go out here creating more than you can cover. Cause see, you can't even cover that much at level one. Now I'm saying that to him for how I know women would want to experience him and how I know a burden that I don't want to exist in black family, a burden that I know I don't want to see exist that a black woman has to now take on because a black man couldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't, whatever. Mm -hmm. My husband has had to tell him what that means to occupy adulthood and manhood. I want to quote what my homeboy said when I was inquiring about how I should approach that as the mom, how I should approach that as the person still responsible for teaching and nurturing this male, this man child, as I like to call them. And he said, a man should only produce what he can afford. A man should never impregnate a woman if he cannot fully take care of that child. You're only allowed to go as far as your pockets allow you. That is what I mean when I say underdeveloped, not necessarily just financial, but financial is a major piece of it. If a man should only produce what he can afford, that afford assumes finances, but he does not specifically just mean that. Don't don't produce relationships if you can't afford the emotional capacity to show up for them. Don't produce connections and soul ties with women if you don't have the spiritual presence to be able to intertwine with that. So that levels of self, you know, it's not just physical. It's not just financial. Of course, that is there and it's a lot of it because that's the contribution that men bring to nations and communities and societies and families. That's what I mean when I say underdeveloped. And if you are a black woman listening to me and you want a child, particularly a male child, that's what you get anyway. Or if you already have one, there's a responsibility there. Make sure your sons grow up developed. Make sure there are men, it doesn't have to be their father. Of course, it's always amazing when it is. And even if they do have their father, they're gonna need more than one man. So it's still a value in putting together a network of available men, of father figures, father-like figures, uncles, cousins, daddies, granddaddies, neighbors and the kind to support your son because you're only gonna be able to tell them what it, what it is like for women to experience men. And they do need that. And then they're going to need a whole team of men to show them what it's like to actually be a man. Because I'm going to tell my female clients and I'm going to tell them to tell their female children, the daughters of the of the black community to reject your son if he not developed. And that if he wants to do anything with the daughters of the black community, he best level it on up. And everybody's level up is different at different stages. I'm not saying level up like he got to be a boss and six figure. No, because that's not even what Mr. Seti is. But 
he has to be able to be available, present, consistent, upstanding in what it is that he wants and be able to produce what that desire would actually manifest as. In this case, I'm going to give Mr. Steady his flowers on the emotional piece because Alexandra was saying I gave him I know and then I had to sit back and monitor. And I can say that this man is at least developed in that area. You got to make sure you got a man developed to the degree that you want him developed in all the areas of a relationship. But I'm going to put a pin in his cap on this area. And that is what he has produced, this emotional space with her. He has the ability to show up to cover it. And that's manly. Even after she said no, emotionally, because she said no in an emotional space. She said it for a spiritual reason, but she said it in an emotional space. Emotionally, he's still like, and I know how to cover what it is that I have created, what it is that I have produced. And that's manly. That's manly. Now, I want my clients to make sure they have the level of man they want to see in all areas. And that is why he did not get a full yes of relationship. I'm not going to take away from the areas that that man completely shows up. And that's what we're looking for. Because if the sons of the black community are out here producing things that they can't cover, we're going to have a lot of deficit in our community. And that is what I do my work to limit that amount of deficit. You'll always have a deficit, but the number should be low because if the number is low, even the people who are in position that have overflow can catch those, those babies, I'll say. But if you make the deficit so overwhelming that people cannot, even people who have the access and resources, they, it's still not enough. You're going to devastate your community. That is why I care about this work, that we are making sure we are raising righteous and upstanding sons of the Black community and righteous, upstanding daughters of the Black community, where these sons know I got to be up here before I even think about interacting with the daughter of the Black community. She's that precious. She's that amazing. I can't get with her and mess her up. I can't get out here and do things with her, creating and producing things I can't cover. And that women have the confidence and that they have the discernment and even some of the strategy to know who's who, because yeah, the responsibility is on you. You the one giving out yeses, you gotta know who worthy of them. His responsibility is to make sure that he has developed himself enough to not do harm by communicating, interacting, marrying, whatever you all could be doing together, whatever the activity you agree to do together as a consenting man and a consenting woman. This is why we say no. This is also why we say yes. You have to determine as the Black woman who's worthy of your yes. All I have to say is thank you. And thank you for your patience um, for this last month and some change. <laughs> We've been interacting um, and I've been growing every time we, we talk or I'm in a, a class or I'm you know, working with some of the women, uh, a part of the community. So thank you. You're welcome. We grow as we go. 
We end every episode with thought or heart-provoking questions for your journal. Journaling is simply prayers on paper and the most high tends to those too. Dear listener, how would you assess your spirituality? How do you like to get close to a man first? How do you distinguish spirituality and emotionality? Do you do a decent job of rejecting men who are not currently ready? Do you know the power of your no? It's okay to write about the blessings and the burdens. Pour it out into your journal today. Release yourself, free yourself, and most of all, be yourself. P.S. No woman is better at being you than you. If you're interested in my developing research or want to discuss the trends, patterns, or research I observe daily in my coaching practice at your next event or show, you can reach me at hello at matchmarymate.com. Another thank you to Alexandra for spending time with me in the studio today and sharing her dating lessons and stories with the Match Mary Mate audience. Today, I leave you with one of Alexandra's favorite quotes. Stepping onto a brand new path is difficult, but no more difficult than remaining in a situation, which is not nurturing the whole woman. Dr. Maya Angelou. Thank you for joining me today and tuning into another episode of the Match Mary Mate Show. If this episode resonated with you, please comment, rate, and review our podcast. Your feedback would just melt my Southern girl heart. Until our next time together, love, light, and relationship. Remember, we grow as we go, and I'll be with you in the next episode. Cheers. This was a hot seat coaching session with Joyce, a single round between her and a match marry meet guest or client seeking selfhood, womanhood, dating, and relationship support. If you have a question or issue you'd like to explore with Joyce, send her an email and she may just call you for the show. Send your email to podcast at matchmarrymate.com. Thank you.